I'm Kathy Zip, Associate Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speak, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today, I'm here with Mike Hall, CEO of Borrego Solar, which designs, installs, and finances solar PV systems. Borrego ranked on the Inc. 500-5000 list this year, so Mike will discuss what he thinks enabled the company to place, as well as his thoughts on the U.S. solar industry. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, can you start off by first telling me a little about Borrego, where the company's based, and a little more about the work it does? Sure. Borrego Solar is headquartered in San Diego, California. The company's actually been around since 1980. It started as uh, an off-grid residential solar installer, and we've evolved over time into a a full-service provider for what we call the middle market. We develop projects and service customers at the commercial scale. So our projects are typically 500 kilowatts up to a few megawatts. We have our headquarters in San Diego. We also have an office in Oakland, California, from which we service Northern California and the Northwest U.S. And then we have a large office in Lowell, Massachusetts, from where we service the Northeast. So we're, we're just under 100 people participate in about 50 megawatts of projects a year. We're a full-service provider, so we develop projects and we actually invest in the development of projects. And our core business is an EPC business where we do design-build work. Uh, and then on the back end of the projects, we'll provide O&M asset management services. We also do a lot of financing and we've put together a number of solar funds over the last two years through which we finance about $250 million of power purchase agreement projects. All right. And again, Borrego ranked number 985 on the 2012 Inc. 500 5000 list and 35th out of the energy companies listed. Our publishing company, WCWH Media, actually placed on this list as well for the last couple of years. So we know firsthand how exciting that accomplishment can be. So I would like to congratulate Borrego and also ask you, Mike, what do you think Borrego has done to enable the company to make that list? Yeah, thanks. I think there's there have been two things that we've really done over the last couple of years that have helped us to grow like we have. One is a simple one, which is just really focused on a specific market, on this middle market. As a company, we used to participate in pretty much all of the downstream solar markets. So we participated in residential, and we chased large utility-scale projects. In 2009, we structured the company to focus entirely on the middle market, entirely on commercial customers, government customers, small utility-scale projects. And that's really allowed us to perform very well in that sector, uh, win business and deliver uh, a lot of value to our customers without the distraction of, of trying to do everything and be everything to everybody. The other thing we've done is we've built up a lot of in-house financing capabilities. And as I mentioned before, we've closed about $250 million of funds to finance TPA projects for our customers. I think that's just been really valuable. Historically, prior to having those capabilities, we had to go to outside entities to help us finance projects. It took a lot longer to get deals done, and it was a lot more confusing to the customers because the customers had to deal with two different entities. They had to deal with us as the 
EPC provider and maybe the developer, and then they have to deal with another company for financing. And so we've really simplified the process for the customers. I think they like it better, and uh, we're also able to execute faster. So I think those two things have really helped us to grow over the last few years, and we're proud of what we've done. What have been some of the other highlights for Borrego in 2012? 2012, I've been really excited about what we've been able to do in the Northeast, particularly in Massachusetts. We've been in that market since 2007, and it's had fits and starts, but we've, we've finally started to see significant growth. It's, it's actually a really complicated market. The policy that drives the market there is, is this fairly complicated and sophisticated SREC program or Solar Renewable Energy Credit Program. So it, it's taken years of work to figure out how to finance projects, how to develop projects, and how to get projects done. And in 2012, we've actually seen those projects get financed and get built, and we're just seeing a huge increase in the amount of solar going in Massachusetts and the amount of solar that we're building in Massachusetts. So I'm really proud of what we've done there. We've also continued to have success in, in closing uh, our solar funds. We just recently closed the solar fund, what we call our Solar Fund 7, that closed in July. We're proud of the continued success we've had there. And what is the company excited about going into 2013? So the two things that I'm, I'm really excited about, both for our company and for the industry as a whole, we've really seen tremendous drops in both prices of solar panels, which is getting a lot of media attention. I mean, since 2008, the wholesale price of solar panels was somewhere between $3.75 and $4, and today it's somewhere between $0.75 cents and a dollar. So there's just been huge price drops in solar panels, but then also there's been price drops in balances and everything else, somewhere between $0.50 cents and a dollar a watt, depending on the type of system you're looking at. And so those huge drops in prices have really created what we've been waiting for a long time, which is a situation where solar can be competitive in certain markets without much subsidy. In certain retail markets where we're using net metering, solar is already competitive with the retail rate without any local or state subsidy. And actually, in some wholesale markets, it's getting close to being able to compete with new generations of fossil fuels. I'm really excited about that, and I think we're on the edge of tremendous amount of new demand from uh, essentially unsubsidized solar systems. And then the other thing that I think is a, is a big tailwind for our company and the industry is interest rates. The economy being soft is, is not good for us. It's not good for energy demand overall, but the fact that the Fed is keeping interest rates low in order to stimulate demand is really good for solar because solar has no fuel expense. It's all capital costs. And so that cost of capital is dependent on interest rates. So I think interest rates are going to be a huge driver for us in 2012 and 2013. And the fact that it looks like the Fed is committed to keeping interest rates low is really positive for us. I think there's going to be a lot of adoption because of those tailwinds, the price and price of the systems and the price of the capital. Mike, you talked about interest rates and the dropping of panel prices. What are some of the other trends and even challenges that you see in the U.S. solar industry? On the trend side, I think government continues to be, for our market at least, a significant portion of the demand. And I, when I say that, I don't mean the federal government historically. The federal government, various departments in the federal government have certainly bought solar, but what we've seen is that a lot of adoption has been in 
kind of more municipal and local government, so the school districts, cities, counties, community colleges, public universities. We continue to see that going forward, but then also, depending on how the election turns out, right now there's a lot of momentum within the federal government to, to buy more renewable energy, to buy more PV systems directly, and then also to do power purchase agreements. That's quite exciting. And so I hope that that trend continues. I think that's how strong that trend is going forward. definitely depends on the results of the election. In terms of challenges, I think two of the biggest challenges I see for our company and the industry are the overall soft economy. That's one of the reasons why I don't think we've seen as much private investment or corporate investment in solar as we would like to see. And also, the soft economy just keeps energy demand down overall, and if utilities don't need to be procuring more energy, the only reason for them to procure renewable energy is if there's a renewable mandate or renewable portfolio standard. So the fact that the economy is a little soft and there isn't huge growing demand for electricity is a challenge. And then the other big challenge related to that is, is the price of natural gas. So natural gas has clearly emerged as the biggest <laughs> competitor regards to the new generation. The price is very low, and natural gas is a very tough competitor when you're trying to compete on price. I know one challenge that I hear discussed frequently is financing, and you touched on it a little bit before, but I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about how some creative financing structures are coming to light in this post-Treasury grant market. Right. Financing in solar, I mean, there's really two different ways projects are getting financed. They're getting financed in deals that are driven by tax credits and tax incentives. Those deals tend to use third-party financing or power purchase agreements, and that's where we've seen a lot of growth. In particular, I mean, power purchase agreements have been used for many years on the commercial side, where there seems to be just tremendous growth and a tremendous increase in market share for power purchase agreements is on the residential side. So that's actually not a market we participate in, but I think that there's a lot of excitement about that growth and the possibility of residential power purchase agreements starting to look like and be treated like residential mortgages and that there's going to be this new asset class. I think people are quite excited about that, and and that is interesting and something that we're following even though we're not really participating in it. But then there's another class, and this is what I was touching on before, the deals which are financed without using tax credits and without using tax incentives, with using, for example, low-cost municipal financing structures. And municipal bond rates are at essentially all-time lows. So those structures are actually quite simple. (laughs) There's not a lot of structuring there, and they can be quite efficient. I think that low interest rates are going to drive a lot of people to use those structures. Where do you see emerging markets for solar in the U.S., Mike? The northeast U.S., we've seen a lot of growth there. I guess there's been enough solar enough growth recently that it's hard to call it emerging. But there are some markets there that still have a lot of growth to come. New Jersey's obviously been the standout in the northeast, but a lot of the states around New Jersey are starting to pass solar-friendly policies. New York's you know, the big one, and there's a question of what's, what's going to happen in New York, but I think there's good potential there. And, you know, a lot of people have been looking to Texas, hoping that we can grow a market in Texas. The challenge there has been we haven't been able to get any solar-friendly policy work done, and even though the, the fundamentals 
in Texas should be solar friendly. It's quite sunny and it pays more electricity than anywhere else. Energy prices are incredibly low. Uh, they have a deregulated market, and energy users there are able to benefit from the lowest price for spot natural gas. So Texas has been slow to come up. I mean, I think that the, the place where I see a lot of solar growth are the places where solar can be competitive without a lot of subsidies. And so those are places where it's sunny um, and electricity is expensive. And so you tend to get, I think, probably boring answers, answers that people have given before. So um, California is an example. Uh, where electricity prices are high and it's quite sunny, and uh, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of growth in California, not an emerging market. I think we'll see growth there. Some smaller markets, but markets where it makes even more sense in California, like Hawaii, where electricity prices are incredibly high, Puerto Rico, where you're competing with uh, diesel generation on the island, other little pockets like that. But I still think, actually, you know, California is, is a place where the fundamentals make the most sense, and All right, well, I have one more question for you, Mike, with the uh, election coming up. I would like to touch on that. At the recent Solar Power International show that was in Orlando, SIA and SEPA representatives were of the opinion that the solar industry will succeed regardless of who wins the election. But what are your thoughts as to how the election will affect the solar industry? I definitely agree with that conclusion that the solar industry will succeed regardless of, of who's in the White House and, and who controls the House and the Senate. I, I do think <laughs> that the path to success will be different <laughs> depending upon the election results. But in the end, the fundamentals are there. The price of solar power has come down so far, it's continuing to come down, that the industry is able to deliver more and more competitive uh, energy with less and less subsidies the momentum and the fundamentals are strong enough that we will be successful regardless of who wins the election. Now, I do think the path to success is different depending on who wins. For example, even though the Obama administration hasn't been able to get a tremendous amount done in terms of energy policy, they have built a lot of momentum uh, around the federal government directly procuring renewable energy. And I think that's exciting and that's big for our industry. I think if there's a new administration, uh, I'm not confident that that momentum continues. That if the current administration is reelected and the Democrats or the pro-renewable people maintain sufficient representation in the legislature, then I think we could see some more favorable solar policy. But in the end, I think the conclusion is right. You know, we'll be successful either way. The path to success definitely depends on who's in power. Very well said. Uh, well, we've been speaking with Mike Hall, CEO of Borrego Solar. He's given us a glimpse of the company and his forecast for the solar industry post-election. Again, we'd like to congratulate Borrego for ranking in the 2012 Inc. 500 5,000 list, and thank Mike for being here with us. So thank you so much, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. This has been Solar Speaks. Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Kathy Zip, Associate Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time.